98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Top stories of the day presented to you at 4 o'clock every day. Let's get right into it with the 4 o'clock reset. Coming off his huge game against the Vikings. Kyler Murray today named Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC. Kyler taking this recognition in stride. Oh, we got to keep doing it. Keep doing it. That was about all he had to say about that today. Keep doing it. Keep, keep winning them. Whatever. I, he was like, keep winning them. That's all I got to say about that. What do you get for you get, you get a watch? What do you get for the player of the week? I, Probably a watch. I don't know. Some kind of engraved watch. Let's, you are the player of the week. I want to know. Now I want to know. What do you get? Kyler was uh, taking it all in stride. In the meantime, the Arizona Cardinals, seven players who didn't practice today, although a lot of them were veterans' days off. I'll go through the list here. Um, guys who specifically didn't practice because of rest were Rodney Hudson, Chandler Jones, Corey Peters, and A.J. Green. Rodney, Rodney Hudson, veteran. Chandler Jones, veteran. Who else? Uh, Corey Peters, veteran. Veteran. A.J. Green, veteran. Veteran. Kelvin Beecham didn't practice. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice. He's listed with a ribs injury, not because of rest, but ribs. Ooh. Marco Wilson with an ankle injury. Devon Kennard with a hamstring. Here's Cliff today on whether Marco Wilson's going to be back this week or not. I'd say it's too early to tell. Yeah. Okay. But the interesting name on the list is Hopkins because he doesn't have rest next to his injury on the list. Could still be a Veterans Day off. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. Yeah, I would listen. I, you want to go into every game with your full arsenal of players. I think Hopkins is a, a very valuable player for this team. Very valuable because you know he just makes it. He just frees everybody else up because of how good he is. Diamondbacks have eleven games left on their season. Mike Hazen recently spoke about the future of manager Troy Lavello, telling the Athletic, "Quote: We need to understand exactly what's happened and how it's happened." We've spent the better part of September working through those things. I don't think we're at the finish line yet to have full-on conversations with all this stuff. Close quote. No, there will be a end-of-the-year evaluation for the entire organization the first week in October. So that'll be they'll evaluate the GMs, the coaches, the minor league systems, players, everybody, and it'll be an all-day meeting. And there'll be some decisions that are made then. Um, I you know I believe Mike Hazen is going to come back as the general manager if he wants to. If he wants to continue to be the GM, he will be the GM. Tori Lovello, I would lean towards Lovello coming back, but I wouldn't bet a house payment on it right now. Uh, they might want some you know some changes out of him to come back, but I think there's this. I don't think the, I don't think that he's getting blamed for the struggles this season. Yeah, eleven games left on the season to avoid the all-time franchise record for most losses in a season. They need to go 4-7 and seven in those 11 games. They're taking on the Atlanta Braves tonight. And then finally, the Coyotes opened up their training camp. And once again, repeating our big news here on the station, we and the Coyotes announced that they are back. We are the official radio home of the Arizona Coyotes moving forward starting this season. Well, that's good. Good for them. To, good to get them uh, back where they belong. Yep, and camp opens today. But our top story of the day today Continues to be the Arizona Cardinals as they get ready for Jacksonville and this debate that's kind of going on, frankly, all around football about how seriously to take the Arizona Cardinals. There are some who believe that they are what yesterday they were in a pretender category. There are some who think that, you know, because they were one missed ship shot field goal away from being one and one, that perhaps they're not as good as everybody says. And there are others, like this article in the NFL on NFL.com, 
that suggests maybe people aren't paying enough attention to the Arizona Cardinals. More people, they write, should be talking about the Cardinals. This is from NFL.com. The downside of playing in the NFC West this year is that somebody's going to get shortchanged when the bouquets are handed out. The Arizona Cardinals are currently in that position. You know what I think we're seeing right now is I, I think we're seeing the, the the respect that they're getting is more fantasy football because of what Kyler can do. Kyler scored 30 points two weeks in a row. Nobody's ever done that. Or only three people. You know, got to get Rondale Moore. You should. So you're getting a lot of fantasy football, right? I mean, we, we you see that, right? You're also getting a lot of, oh, my God, can Kyler win the MVP? But you know what you're not getting? Oh, the Cardinals a playoff team. Can they win the division? Can they win the Super Bowl? You're not getting that yet after two games. You're getting Kyler MVP. Yep. You're getting, oh, my God, they got some guys that could really blow up fantasy football. But you're not getting the, hey, let's take a real look at this team. Is this team legitimate? Can they win the NFC West? And we should start there. We shouldn't start with Super Bowl contender. I think you should start with, is this a playoff team? Is this Nobody picked the Cardinals to go to the playoffs. Very few. Very, very few. I don't know anybody that did. Maybe you, maybe somebody did, but I, I don't remember seeing anybody picking them to make Pete the playoffs. Pete Prisco from CBS ah, Sports there you go. is one guy who comes that. to okay. mind. He okay. did. But very few. So I think that's where the conversation needs to start. Who cares about a fantasy football? I could care less if Kyler Murray scores 30 points. And I don't play fantasy football. Who cares if he's an MVP running? It's two games into the damn season. Right. What we should talk about, and what you can talk about, and I think it's more legitimate, after two games, do you believe that this team is capable of making the playoffs? Yeah. Now, I think that's a fairer conversation than should this guy win the MVP? And again, I could care less about should Rondale Moore be, a, should you play Rondale Moore in fantasy football this week? I, I don't care. And most people shouldn't care. So but playoffs, we should care. Do you know when that conversation changes? That conversation changes when they play the L.A. Rams in Week 4. That conversation changes when they play the San Francisco 49ers in Week 5. That conversation, because the reason why they're not getting that kind of love is still largely the same conversation we've had since August, since July, the division they play in. It's so brutal. It's so hard. Some of the very best teams in the NFL the very best teams in the NFL, you could argue, reside in that division. Now, one of them has already fallen by the wayside in Seattle. They've lost a game in overtime to Tennessee. They've got their one loss. Everybody else is 2-0. and If the Cardinals can routinely prove themselves against the teams that are thought to be elite in the division that everybody believes to be elite... That's when that changes. They play. That's a, when that starts to flip. They a play bit. a close game. If they beat Jacksonville and then they lose a close game to the Rams, you could have that conversation. The only way you could say yeah, they're not a contender for the NFC West if the Rams just absolutely blow the doors off the Cardinals and just establish dominance. Like, oh my God, I don't know if we belong in the field with that team. I don't expect that to happen. So I think it's you know maybe you're right. Maybe you need a division game to really gauge whether this team is an NFC West title contender. But those conversations are going to come very soon as to whether, and we'll get away from the Kyler Murphy, uh, Murray MVP for a little bit in the fantasy football garbage and just talk about whether this team has a legitimate shot. Kyler Murray today talking about ignoring that outside noise. I, I ignore it. You know, I, I really do. Um, you know, I've never been one to get too high, get too low. Um, just because I know how this this game is, you know, it's not easy. I say that every week, it's not easy. So um, one day we may be up there, one day we may not be down there, you know, up there. So we got to stay consistent and keep the main thing the main thing and, and focus on, you know, what we have to do as a team. You can text us your thoughts on the Cardinals, this matchup against Jacksonville. The FanDuel text line, it is open and available to you at 620-620 right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, play breaks down. Kyler starts scrambling all over the place. To you, it might like look it might look like sheer chaos for the Cardinals offense. Even in that disorder, there is order 
And you'll hear why and how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Live from the Auction Community Studios, Burns and Gambo here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. As we mentioned, Kyler Murray, congratulations to him. NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Gambo is currently working his sources to find out what exactly that gets you. An engraved watch. Oh, yeah. I'll find that out. That's Gift yeah. certificate to a local frozen what yogurt you, place. What do you get? What do you get? Do you get anything? Just the recognition of your peers? Is that good enough? Uh, Kyler got behind the mic today. I'm talking with local reporters and you know about the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award, but but beyond that, Kyler Murray has been a dynamo so far. Two games into the season, and he's been electric. Everybody's talking about him. Maybe not everyone's talking about the Cardinals yet as being legit, but certainly everyone's talking about Kyler Murray. And part of the reason why is these off schedule plays that he continues to make plays that, in fact, he was kind of honest about it today. Said to be honest, like take that Rondell Moore seventy-seven yard touchdown. That was never supposed to happen like that. Yeah, that that, that play in particular, uh, the one to Rondell. You know, they they only brought four, uh, and we, you know, technically, the way you draw it up, I shouldn't have to do that. You know, but um, <laughs> stuff happens, and 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 that you know the the end is, end is a touchdown, and, and you're, everybody's happy. But when you look at it, and you you know we're we're all you know pissed at. It. The fact that it had to happen, but then good things happen from it. So I don't know. It, you you got to take good with the bad. It is what it is. I love the way he because he's like, yeah, you know. I mean, we're kind of pissed about it because we're watching it, and I got ninety nine and ninety one. They're crashing the ends. I'm I'm toast. I got to spin away from it. It's not supposed to be like that. But you take the good with the bad. We were able to take lemons, and you know. Serve <laughs> limoncello with it, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we were able to take lemons Listen, and make a limoncello. We all know that it wasn't designed that way. <laughs> okay, we all know that it was. We, we here's what we want you to do: we want you to feel the pressure, roll out, have three guys about to knock you out, and then you throw this pass for a set. Like that's not designed. We know that. Yeah, there's always going to be plays like that when Kyler Murray's your quarterback. There's never going to be a game where there's not a. Oh my God, I'm in trouble. Let me escape the pocket and let me try to make something happen. There's always going to be plays where no, it wasn't designed that way. Listen, I mean, there, there, there are very every Tom Brady has plays that aren't designed. Well, that he's able to complete. Don't ask Cliff Kingsbury. I've coached a lot of players that are very wildly successful, and that's the hardest play to defend in, in football is the off schedule play. And um, you look at the top offenses, and all those guys are doing it outside of Brady, and, and you know he's like a. Jedi ninja, so he doesn't even count. But um, it's a it's a big part of the game. We rep it, we practice it, and and we've had some huge plays of it so far. Not a Jedi knight, but a Jedi ninja. A Jedi ninja. Have, have they does. invented those things that in the just Star Wars universe? That does. That sounds awful. He just provided Disney with a whole new series right, right there. Some exec over at Lucasfilm right now is going, "Oh my god, we could do a whole series about Jedi ninjas. That would be so badass." <laughs> That'd Starring be... some random grizzled actor that everybody forgot about for a decade. That'd be so awesome. Jedi ninjas. That'd be so cool. But to his point. Just Brady. Yeah, just Brady. But even Brady. Come on. Every this still plays. If you ask Brady, oh, sure. this plays to break down sure. and you gotta improvise, you gotta make stuff happen. I... Now for Brady it's a lot different, right? He's not gonna roll outside the pocket and avoid the pass rush um the way Kyler does. So there's not gonna be as many. Like you could have five of those plays in a game with Kyler. You could. I mean, you could have five of those. What did we say? He leads the league. The league in how the hell did he oh just my God, do that? How the play? hell did he yeah. just do that? Yeah. You know, Tom Brady can't lead the league in uh, how the hell did he just do that? Because he sits in a pocket and he just delivers, you know, dimes to guys all day. With Tom, with Tom Brady, it's more you just wow. It's just the 
the accuracy. That's the, the how the hell did he just do that with Brady is how the hell did he take a window that is this tall, this wide. But do we even and ask put, how the hell he did that? No. We just, we just, we just know that but that's who he is. It still wows you when you see it from time to time, doesn't it? Have we? No. Have we it, it doesn't. I swear to God, it doesn't wow me. Oh, it's, I it, expect it. It still wows me from time to time. Where I, I mean, I know he does it all the time. But there are, there are times where I think, how did he get that ball there? I don't even do there? that anymore. Wow. I, I got to be honest. I don't even think about it anymore. I knew in week one that he was going to lead the team down the field and win that game against Dallas. So well, I just knew it. And yeah, I, I mean, he's just going to do it because that's who he is. I hate him for it, but I, you know, <laughs> but I don't. I never Brady. There's nothing Brady does that surprises me anymore. I guess Kyler's, you know, and I don't know that we'll ever get to the point where we think like, oh, that's just Kyler. That's what he does. I, I'm wowed by Kyler. I guess what surprises me about Kyler here is this play that it was like like a signature highlight of week two. Him scrambling around and finding Rondell Moore on a seventy-seven yard touchdown, and part of him's pissed about it. You know that that to me is funny. That to me is is laugh out loud kind of really. You're 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 mad that you put up one of the best highlights of the week, but because the play was a broken one, you're kind of upset about it. I, I think that's I find that very very amusing. But as Kyler said, and this was a big topic of conversation out of Cards headquarters today. You think these off-schedule plays happen on their own and they're completely improvised? We practice this stuff, man. You got mobile quarterbacks. You got to practice it. You know, it's a it's a huge part of the game. Um, it's it's tough to score in in, in the red zone, um, let alone score at all. You know, you know, defense is being good. Um, so sometimes you know stuff breaks down. You got to be able to make plays, and that's why we practice it. Um, the guys know where they need to be. Um, you know, each each play, each, you know, every play is different, but they understand. You know, the deepest guys got such and such, lowest guys got such and such. You know, it, and that's how it works. So. Kyler says he's been practicing those scrambling plays his entire life. He sure. credited his baseball background. Cliff credited his baseball background. Man, they, they it's kind of like it's not. I mean, it's like we were talking about this before our show. You come in here, you do a four-hour radio show. I mean, it's it's we're prepping all day long for all it. night, not, all day. We're not just two dudes who show up and crack open a mic at two o'clock in the afternoon and talk about whatever we feel like talking about. There's there's work that goes into no, what we do. <laughs> there's work that goes into these four hours that just happens behind the scenes. We don't just show up and start no. talking about this stuff. No, and for we'd be zero point zero if we did that. For, like, no, for Kyler. It's it's I don't just improvise when I'm running around like no. that. We practice it. We prepare he, for it. He's probably had to practice it his whole life too because you question like can somebody that small play quarterback and for can you see over an offensive line? And it's probably a lot of times when he in his life when he's liked to get outside of the uh, outside of the pocket to throw yeah. because it's easier. I could see. I don't got five big offensive linemen in front of me. So there's probably a part of Kyler that in and he's got the elusiveness and he's got that ability, but there's probably been times when he enjoys getting outside the pocket because, you know, he, he's he's really good at those improvising plays. From Cliff's perspective, okay, so he play he calls this play and the thing goes to you know what and it gets all sideways on him. Does he have any – is his pride wounded if a play he calls goes off schedule? Yeah, I have zero pride when it comes to play calling. Like, I'll high-five him and take the win and keep going. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't worry about it. I could think it's the most beautiful play I've ever drawn up, and if they make it work, I'm good with it. In fact, he says – this was funny. Cliff was, Cliff Cliff made a couple of funnies today. Uh, have you always felt that way when it comes to your play calling? When you coach Johnny football, you just take the wins as you can get them. <laughs> You don't worry about being on time for meetings or um, showing up for practice some days. You just get them out there Saturday and let them go and collect the check. So I learned at an early age. 
You got one like that, just let them go. <laughs> you hear that, Kyler? Be free. No rules, man. Just be free. That meeting you want to be late for, be late. You're Johnny Football. Yeah. <laughs> that film be, session you've got, don't watch it. You're Johnny Football. Be, don't worry about be it. Be wild and free. <laughs> In fact, here's one more from Cliff. I got a big kick out of this one. He was asked a question about if he sees any similarities between him and the coach on the other side of the field, Urban Meyer. Two wildly successful college coaches. <laughs> no. The, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when you pick number one, you know you're going to have s- some growing pains. That's, that's just part of it as you build. Two wildly successful college coaches. Cliff's sneaky funny. He's, he's sneaky funny. He's, he's loosening a little this In year. In year three, he? Cliff has more personality, and Kyler has really added to yes. what he said on yeah. a week-to-week I basis. I agree. Yeah. Because they, they're growing together. Did Cliff make any uh, recommendations for TV shows this week? No. Shockingly, no. Had, he must uh, be still hung up on what? Clickbait? Clickbait? Yeah. yeah, but that's only like five episodes, I think. You yeah, get that, through that real quick. That wouldn't last you very long. It was I, good. Clickbait was better than the White Lotus. Don't get me started about White Lotus. Yeah, the White Lotus had the stupidest ending ever. Don't get me started about like, White Lotus. What's the Hulu one we were talking about the other day with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short? My wife and I are actually watching that. It's sneaky. It's not at all what you would expect. Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. The the oddest cast that has ever been put. It's only Murders in the Building is the name of the show. Okay. And you would think it's like this goofy kind of family-friendly Disney Channel clue-like TV show. And there's part of that, but there's also another side of it that it's very R-rated. It is very not family-friendly. It's not bad. It's just a weird pairing between these two old dudes and Selena Gomez. And really? A, yeah. It's 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 oddly good. We started watching a TV show called Succession. Oh, that's next on our list. Yeah. He's like 80 years old. He's right. on the way out, but he built this empire. That show is fantastic. It might be my favorite show right really? now. Really? I'm like yeah. four, ep- four or five episodes in. Yeah, that's Brian Cox is the actor who plays the dad, and he is just supposedly, I we haven't watched it yet. It's on our list. He is maniacal in that show. Like I, just, I started watching. Chelsea recommended it, and I'm like, all right, let's let's solid. go. I'm let's jealous. Go. I want to. That's that's next. That's, we're yeah. we're done with only murders in the building, and it's on a succession. There's no doubt about it. When we come back, as a rookie quarterback who's been the guy since day one, there's bound to be some growing pains for Trevor Lawrence. But there is one area that has been especially rough for him. We'll tell you what it is coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. One of them has the highest receiving grade versus man coverage. One of them has the highest receiving receiving grade versus zone coverage. One of them hasn't dropped a pass in a year. They are the, oh, I had this here, second, seventh, and 14th best wide receivers in the NFL so far this season per pro football focus. Yeah. <laughs> You know, okay, no, I'm sorry. Second, 14th, and 23rd best wide receiver so far, according to Pro Football Focus. You pick which wide receiver has been the most impressive for the Cardinals so far. That's our poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. We'll talk more about this coming up in the next segment, but let's, as a primer for that, what are the results of the poll so far, Mitch? Yeah, the results so far, the phrasing of the question, if you're just now hearing it for the first time, just tuning in. Through the first two games of the season, who has been the most impressive wide receiver on the Cardinals to this point? DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, 
or Rondale Moore. Yes. <laughs> I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins. I went with Rondale Moore. You can't really go wrong on this one, which will no, be the we agreed, topic yeah. of our next segment. Uh, what's the What are the results so far? It's still in favor of Rondale Moore. He's at 46.4%, so the vote is waiting out a bit. It's very, very tight right now between Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins, separated by 27.1 and 26.5. All right. uh, Like I say, we'll talk about that coming up in a couple of minutes. The poll question you can find on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. But here we want to talk a little bit about the opposition for the Cardinals this week, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. 0-2 on the season. Number one pick overall in the NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence, and it has been rough for him so far. For me, it's just taking more completions. You know, I've said it a bunch of times to you guys. It's just... Like we always talk about in our room, Coach Schottenheimer says the power of completions. You get a guy the ball, have a couple of completions in a row, they're going to make plays. Even if you only throw it three yards, he might get 20. And, you know, I had one to James in the game where we just checked it down instead of trying to hunt downfield. And he got, I think, 12, 13 yards on it. I think I threw it one yard. So it's stuff like that. Like let those guys make plays. Um, I can definitely do a better job of that. But I feel like I'm, I'm learning a lot each week. I feel like I'm getting better. I know this past game, you look at the stats or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't look great, but – I thought like there was a lot of things where I grew. Um, I think I got better. He's going to get better. I mean, you're asking a lot of a kid to come into a situation. It's not, it's not like he's taken over a good football team, right? It's not like he's coming in and taking over a team that went 9-7 and seven last year and they've got playoff aspirations. He's taken over the worst team in the NFL. And and, and there's, a, a, there's a, a lot of issues that Urban Meyer is dealing with. I mean, they haven't won a game. They've lost 17 straight games. So he comes in. And he's airmailing passes. Mm-hmm. A lot of those passes are high. I mean, you look at his stat line and his quarterback rating, and you know clearly he's not off to a good start. I mean, this is in Clemson, so it, this he's not off to a good start. It's the team; they got to build a team around him. It's going to take time. The question is: Is it the right thing to do to play him this early? Is it the right thing to do now? As long as he's not getting his head kicked in and getting sacked five times a game. You know, then you might be okay because that's the thing you worry about. Yeah, like, if I'm them, I'm worried about this game. I'm worried. And Chandler. I'm worried. JJ. Marcus, Marcus Golden. Golden. Yeah. Like, because there comes a point where, like, you want to throw in the towel. Like, there's only so much of a beating you want your rookie quarterback to take. So I'm all for the rookie quarterbacks playing if they're not going to take a beating. If they're going to take a beating, I don't think you're doing them any good, I any don't favors. I don't think he's taken much of a beating. He has not. Yeah. I think he's only been sacked twice. So far this year, I think, yeah, he was sacked once in each game, once against Denver, once against Houston. So that hasn't happened. But okay, but here comes a really talented pass rushing game. And here's where this ties into that, okay? The pass rush comes because these first two games, they've been playing from behind, like virtually the whole game, right? And instead of bringing Trevor Lawrence along slowly, you realize, I, I saw this stat earlier today. It blew me away. The Jags lead the NFL in the percentage of time that they throw a pass. They're throwing a pass about 73% of the time. Now, that's completely a function of how behind they've been. Sure. But at some point, not that you want to concede the game if you're Urban Meyer, but at some point, you're going to get your dude killed if you're always falling behind in these games and you're not getting James Robinson more involved, if you're not getting your running game more involved. We had Jay Feely on the show earlier, and he talked about, man, they're, they're just not running the ball enough, and they're asking Trevor Lawrence to be... He's throwing 73% of the time in these games. He's not ready for that. And if that trend continues, then you are going to see him get killed. You're going to see that pressure get dialed up because they're not going to have any fear of the running game at all. They're going to pin their ears back and go back after him. Yeah, I think that even you're going to get to a point when your season's over. 
And then it's not going to matter that you're trying to win the games. What you're trying to do is you're trying to establish a culture and identity, and you're trying to do things the right way. And even if you're down by three scores, you're going to run the football. And you're going to run the football. And you're going to try to get that offensive line going and running the football because you know that you can't throw the ball 75% of the time because you are going to get your quarterback's head kicked in. I'm just saying that this is a game that would worry me if yeah. I'm Jacksonville. Yeah. Chandler didn't have a sack last week. J.J. doesn't have a sack in two weeks. Like, And, and Vance Joseph? He's got a tendency to come after you, big time. He's got. A, you might see some of the. You might see some crazy blitzes by Vance in this game. Isaiah Simmons, former teammate of Trevor Lawrence, met with the media today out of Cardinals HQ and said, "You know, I'm. I've got advice if anybody wants to ask. Nobody's asked me. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I thought somebody would ask me, but uh, yeah, nobody's really asked me. So I, I've been trying to give little tips here and there, but." You know, I figured more people ask me than they have. So how, do you, how do you defend Trevor? How? I can't. I can't. Can't really say. <laughs> Nobody's asked me. Well, then how? I, I can't tell you. Otherwise, I'd have to kill you. Um, what's it going to be like to play against your former college teammate? We've talked about this earlier this season. I told him I was like, just messing with him. I said, you know, uh, I was like, throw me a pick or let me get a sack. You know, <laughs> just just messing with him. And he was like, I got you, but uh, no. Nah, um, no, me and Trevor are really good friends. Um, really looking forward to playing against him finally. You know, other outside of being in practice. Um, so, great player. So, I always love love a good matchup. So, I'm really looking forward to playing against a, a friend. I think he even said at one point, I've never been allowed to hit him in my entire life. Oh, yeah. I've never been allowed to touch him my entire mm. life. And so, now that rule is It's always good lifted. when you can hit your friends. <laughs> My friends used to beat the hell out of each other. Like, beat the hell out of each other. Really? Oh, my God, yeah. You're hot-headed Italians, and, I mean, that was just the easiest way to settle things, just fight and pick each other up. And But, oh, my God, yeah. You should write a book. You never had fights with your friends? Not fist fights oh, with my friends. Oh, fist fights. No. no, I've never had a... Blood I mean, flying I mean, out. I... Oh, just... T- Jordan, have you ever had fights with your friends? Yeah. Yeah, like full-blown, like, oh, my God. We lived in a house in college where things would get out of hand, and there was multiple come-to-blows moments. Really? Yeah. Dude, my buddy Bobby Mack was one of the great wrestlers in our school, and when I fight him, I I just couldn't get inside because if he picked me up, I was in trouble. One time we got into we, we got into a brawl and he did what was called a lateral drop on me. I I got my ass kicked by my. He literally picked me up and the next thing I know I was spinning in the air and I was on my back and I was like I was for three days I was in bed, <laughs> I couldn't move. <laughs> Son of a gun, I couldn't let him grab me. He was a wrestler and he and I freaking let him grab me and I, to this day I regret it because the next thing I know I'm being spun in the air and I'm upside down and backwards and boom I slammed me on my back on wow. the road. Wow. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, I, never, oh, I was so hurt. I was like I, when I was I in was elementary so school, I'd get into fights with my friends, but, but, but my, my friend, no, they, I cringe thinking about it. Wow, I'm sorry, man. Recover. Yeah, I just shouldn't. Let I'd be profan. When we come back, Rondell Moore, he's lived up to the hype through the first two games of his NFL career, and the coach that's going to be on the opposite sideline this Sunday, he knows firsthand just how dangerous the Cardinals rookie can be. He's seen it up close and personal. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's our poll question today here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and it, it it's, a, it's a really difficult question to answer. The Cardinals wide receivers. Who's been the most impressive so far? You can make... I got a different argument. Okay. You know how we talked a lot about 
James Jones and how he wanted to build a team. Yeah, he Depth. wasn't. He wasn't worried about one or two. He was worried about three through eleven. Right. Right. Yeah. Who's got a better four than the Cardinals? Forget about you know who's got a better one and one two punch. Who's got a better one two three four? They're building a team that reminds me a little bit of James wanting to have that depth. You go DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore. That's a pretty good one through four. Now, we're two games in, so I haven't done any research on this, but like those four players, I mean, are there four wide receivers on another team with as many touchdowns, yards, completions? Like They might be deeper at wide receivers. Forget about better. Forget about better. DeAndre Hopkins immediately makes them great because he's he's the best at what he does. Mm-hmm. But they might be deeper. Rondell Moore's got a touchdown. I mean, how many teams after two games have four wide receivers? Hopkins has touchdowns. A.J. Green's got a touchdown. Rondell Moore's got a touchdown. Christian Kirk's got touchdowns. How many teams' top four receivers all have touchdowns right now? I don't know if there is one. Probably not. Very... I would say none. Yeah. That's what I, my guess would be none. I would guess probably none either. You Okay, you sprung this one on me, and I, I don't know how to answer it because I don't. It's going to take some time to look I know, at I know, that. I you know, know, no, no, that's fine. Sometimes that's fine. it's just I, you, you think of something. Sure, and... sure. No, no, that's that's what we do. It's live radio. That's what makes it so fun. I don't know. I, I, I would guess the answer is none. I would guess the answer is the Cardinals' number four wide receiver is better than anybody else's number four wide receiver. I would think that would be the answer. Uh, Urban Meyer today, of course, former Ohio State coach, he uh, obviously has great respect for Rondell Moore, given Rondell Moore's history against him at Ohio State when he was at Purdue. I have great respect for him. He knows that. I mean, I saw it firsthand, and that's the way I've always been. I mean, yeah, he destroyed us in one year, but uh, he's, their, he's their primary return. I think he's leading the team in the receptions, too. The one was a scramble where he's wide open, but he's a you got to contain him. Yeah, just Google Rondell Moore versus Ohio State. And the videos that pop them. up will tell you the whole story. Everything yeah. you want to know, Jordan. I have a little bit of an answer to Gambo's question. In terms of receiving touchdowns, Tampa Bay does have four guys who have caught touchdowns. Okay. But one of them's a tight end. Doesn't count. Gronkowski has four. Doesn't count. Then you have Evans, who has two, Godwin, who has two, and Antonio Brown has one. Okay. Look, not, so if you expand it beyond, to, I know you said only wide receivers, but wide there receivers. is another team. Okay. Not four wide receivers, though. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, depth-wise, I know Gronk's trying to get that, that military insurance when he's not able to. <laughs> and his mom to find his football pants. Yeah. So, But I don't. I, that's, my guess would be that there is not a team in the NFL that has four wide receivers that have touchdowns right now. So my argument would be, you know, a lot of people like to say, who's got the best duo? Forget about duo. Who's got the best? Foursome. Yeah, foursome. I'm trying to think what comes after trio. Foursome. I don't know if anybody's got a deeper foursome than the Cardinals do. I don't. I, don't, I really don't. I don't know if, that anybody's got a better four wide receivers than the Arizona Cardinals. If you're, quali- if you're using the qualification of not counting tight ends, then I, mm-hmm. I, I would guess that there probably isn't anybody out there who does have a better foursome than the Cardinals do at the wide receiver position. And, and choosing... Which one of them has been the most impressive is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, I, I'm looking at, okay, again, this is Pro Football Focus's grades. Take them for what they are. But Pro Football Focus has DeAndre Hopkins so far with the 23rd highest grade among wide receivers in the NFL. Has Rondale Moore with the 14th highest grade so far in the NFL. Has Christian Kirk with the second 
highest grade among receivers in the NFL. And I believe part of that is because I don't think he hasn't caught a ball in which he's been targeted. I think he's, he's caught every target. I believe he's caught every target so far. We're going to have this discussion soon, but like they're going to have a decision to make with Christian Kirk because yes. he's he's earning him some money. He's earning himself some money. I mean, you could make an argument if we're talking like an individual conversation. AJ Green, if we're talking about who's been individually the best, AJ Green's not in that conversation at least not yet. For now it's a Hopkins Kirk Rondell Moore conversation. Rondell Moore's been super impressive because he's opened up the offense. Kirk has been super impressive because he's caught just about everything that's been thrown his way, including some very difficult catches in some very tight, contested windows, whether it was the over-the-shoulder, no-look Willie Mays basket catch against Tennessee, that back-shoulder touchdown catch he had against Tennessee, the fourth-down catch he had against Minnesota. But if you talk about individual skill level, I know Hopkins didn't, outside of the touchdown catch against Minnesota, didn't do a whole lot in that game. Let's not forget about those two catches he made for touchdowns in that Titans game. Yeah. The one on the back line in the end zone, amazing body control, and then the spin move in which he made that that dude from Tennessee, I've already forgotten his name, just look absolutely ridiculous on the field. Yeah. Uh, leave his jock out on the field, which is, I believe, the, the Gambo phrase there. Uh, what was that? It was defensive back. Byard? Was, Bi- was it Byard? Was it Kevin Byard, I think, was the guy's That's name? That's honestly the yeah. only defensive back I know on Kevin the Kevin Byard. Okay, it yeah. Was Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard, yeah. So now, I heard Carson Palmer on today, uh, I think with Luke and Wolf, and he said, you got to get Hopkins the ball. Like you, still, like, you still have to get him the ball. So we talked about going away from Hop after the first quarter. You don't want to get, you don't want to make that uh, the habit you, because top wide receivers like that, like they'll they'll let that happen once or twice. That that can't be the type of normal. Like that can't be the norm. Like you, he's got to be a part of the offense in every quarter. Not in every quarter, he's got to be the he's got to be a primary focus. That it's just we run the risk. You've got you're four deep and it's great and you're balanced and everything like that, but you gotta feed the beast. We you gotta had, feed the beast. We had that conversation on Monday or Tuesday yeah. about that fine line between achieving balance and I don't know what the right answer. I, I respect Carson Palmer. I respect him a lot. He's a very intelligent quarterback. And I respect his opinion on this one. But there is also, you know, if he's being doubled, if he's being taken out. And Max Williams is wide open. I gotta throw it to Max. Yes, you know you or, do, but he, the other guy still has to eat. The other guy still got to eat. So you can't like, yeah, you gotta like, you can get away with it once in a while, but on a regular basis, you gotta you gotta feed Hopkins more than you gotta feed those other guys. It has to, and Hopkins has to be your number one wide receiver. Uh, Christian Kirk has been targeted nine times. He has eight catches on the season. So there was one time he was targeted where he didn't catch the football. Yeah, it's it's a great point about Hop. And I, I and that is why basically unprompted in the post game interview room, I don't remember a specific question about it. Unprompted, unpushed, Cliff Kingsbury said, That's on me. I've got to do a better job. Yeah. I've got to do a better job. Even when he's double covered, I have to do a better job of making sure. And I think when he said that in the press conference, he was saying it to DeAndre Hopkins just as much as he was saying it to the media and just as much as he would say it as he was saying it to the fans. Hop, that's on me. I'll make sure I get you the ball. You know what I was... Because he knows how important it is to keep the beast fed. You know, you haven't done this, but if you ever go dog mushing, there's always a lead dog in dog mushing. Okay. Right? 
When I was in Switzerland, we had to feed the feed the dogs before we we went, we went dog mushing. The lead dogs got to eat. The lead dogs got to eat the most. Everybody gets to eat, but the lead dog, he's got he he's got to be fed. Lessons on dog mushing and wide receiver coaching daily. By, here by on the, the way, Burns I, show. since you mentioned it, I just want to bring it up. Rondale Moore against Ohio State that year, 2018, 12 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns, two rushes for 24 yards, three kick returns for 49 yards, one punt return for nine yards. He went over 200 yards. He went well over 200 yards. He went to he went to 170, Killed 194. Him. He had almost 250 yards against Ohio State. Killed him. Killed him. When we come back, the Cardinals are playing possibly the worst team in the NFL this week with a divisional matchup looming after that. Classic trap game, right? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.